So John chapter 14, and um, for those of you that haven't been with us, we've been going through the Gospel of John chapter by chapter uh, every week on our, it's our Bible study on a Sunday evening. Um, and we're now up to chapter 14, and we'll go through it verse by verse like we have been. And we're starting in verse 1, which John chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible reads, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Let's go to the Lord in a quick word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this, this, this great gospel. I thank you for the King James Bible. I thank you for, for this church. And now just please, please just help everyone to have attentive ears, attentive hearts. Help me to preach your word accurately and boldly and uh, for, for us to put it into action in our lives as well. In Jesus' name we pray all of this. Amen. Amen. Okay, so in verse 1 here, he's, he's obviously not talking about salvation here. Jesus is saying to trust what he says, isn't he? To believe also in me. When, see, when we really trust what Jesus says, then we sh our heart shouldn't be troubled, should it? Okay, when we really trust what Jesus says, then we shouldn't be troubled, our heart troubled, being basically being in fear, anxiety and the rest of it. We need to really trust what Jesus says, don't we? And have that assurance from that. And, and he goes on to say in verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, how many mansions did he say there are? Many, yeah, many mansions. So that's not a limited number, is it? There's not, you know, 144,000 mansions, <laughs> as the witnesses might have you, or the false witnesses might have you believe. There are many mansions, many mansions in his father's house. Um, that's a pretty amazing thought when you think about it. Yeah, there are many mansions up there, not, not you know, little mini apartments or little <laughs> bed sits or anything else. There are many mansions up there. Now, how did Jesus go to prepare a place? Does he mean he's up there dusting and polishing and rearranging furniture or doing a bit of DIY around the, the mansions? No, he, he, he prepared a place by dying on the cross, didn't he? Okay, that's how he went to prepare a place, by dying on the cross. Yeah, dying on the cross. And in fact, after he died on the cross, then going to hell for three days, then rising again. And that's how he went to, to prepare a place for us. And I think sometimes you can look at that and think Jesus is up there just doing the last few, you know, odds and ends. But no, he, he prepared a place in an almighty way, didn't he? Um, but these mansions sound good, don't they? Don't they sound good? That sounds pretty amazing. And I think, you know, for, for me, that follows on from verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. And Because we can, you know, it can be a lot of anxiety, there can be a lot of stress, there can be a lot of fear, a lot of worry in life. You know, life just has a habit of doing that. But really, we want to focus on eternity, don't we? When we focus on eternity, it just makes things so much more bearable. Well, you don't have to turn to it. Jesus said in Luke 23, 43, um, to the thief on the cross, and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Okay, that's not an in-between land, okay? That's paradise. That's talking about heaven. It's paradise, isn't it? Paradise. And what do you think of when you think of paradise? Um, some people have probably different ideas, maybe thinking about some sort of tranquil island or something else away from people. Be nice, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm messing. But, you, you know, you, you, probably a lot of people have different ideas, don't they, about what exactly is paradise. Well, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise. And that's the thought, isn't it? Many mansions, paradise. And I, I think sometimes it would be, help us to maybe focus on what a gift we've been given. It's not just the eternal life. It's not just... You know that, wow, we don't have to have eternal suffering in hell for every sin you've ever done. It's not only that. It's not only that you've been given a free gift of salvation and that you don't have to go to hell, but also that, that heaven isn't just some place that you've got to put up with 
it's paradise. Many mansions. Uh, turn to Revelation 4. Now, there's not, I think maybe because it's so hard to put it in words and to give us a picture, there's not that many real descriptions of heaven, are there, in the Bible? We get little glimpses and little pictures. Revelation 4, we see a little bit. <clears throat> and from in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which were the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like under crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man. The fourth beast was like a flying eagle, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about them. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. When those beasts give glory and honour and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, <coughs> Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for thou hast created all things of full thy pleasure they are and were created. So that's in the presence of God there, worshipping God. It's a pretty, pretty amazing scene, isn't it? But a few things that come out of there, the lightnings, the thunderings, um, the sea of glass like unto crystal in the midst of the throne, round about the throne. And then obviously you've got the beast, you know, with the full of eyes before. Behind. There's all these just amazing, what, what visual images there. The thing that must be pretty, just an amazing sight to see this. And, and, you know, like I said, there's not all these big descriptions in the Bible, but there is in Revelation 21, there is the New Jerusalem there. And, and you know, we're going to spend eternity there, so let's have a quick look. So turn over to Revelation 21. <coughs> have a look from verse 11. Okay, it says, Revelation 21, verse 11, Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as a breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. That's basically 1,500 miles cubed. Okay, cubed. So that, um, that's basically going up as well, 1,500 miles. That's pretty big, isn't it? I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe mansions on top of each other. I, I don't know. Maybe the mansions are really tall, but I think everything's built on top. I mean, that, that's pretty pretty big isn't it verse 18 the building of the wall of it was of jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones the first foundation was jasper the second sapphire the third a chalcedony the fourth an emerald the fifth sardonyx the sixth sardius the seventh chrysolite the eighth beryl the ninth the topaz the tenth the chrysoprasus the eleventh the jacinth the twelfth an amethyst and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent <coughs> glass. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is a light thereof. That sounds pretty amazing, doesn't it? That sounds absolutely amazing, and, and 
look, forget forget the Paradise Island, you know, forget that. This, you know, the, the, the picture we've been given there is something amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And something that Jesus Christ has provided for us and something he's prepared for us by what he did for us. And, you know, okay, there aren't many pictures, but that picture there gets me pretty excited. Yeah. Um, and that's, we're going to spend eternity there. Everyone that's put their faith in Jesus Christ is going to spend eternity there. So uh, go back to John and, and chapter 14, where we were. And something that, when your heart is troubled, maybe remind yourself of where we're going, where we're going. If you, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's where you're going to be for eternity. What ama- you know, that's amazing, isn't it? Now look at verse 3. He said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. So that's the second coming to rapture, isn't it? And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? So Thomas is talking in a literal sense here, isn't he? Verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So this is the sixth I am statement of the Gospel of John. Remember we had in John 6, I am the bread of life. John 8, I am the light of the world. John 10, I am the door of the sheep, and I am the good shepherd. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. And John 14, now, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way, not a way, is it? The way. There is only one way. The truth, not a truth, not one of, the, one of truths. There can only be one truth, can't there? The truth, the life. No man, no man, he said. That includes Buddha, Muhammad, and the rest of the liars. Because they are liars, aren't they? No man. That means that the great intellectual rabbi, whatever you want to call him, and everyone else that rejects Jesus Christ is burning in hell. Yeah. Okay, that's what, that's what that verse is saying, that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't matter how, how clever they sound. It doesn't matter how intellectual they sound. It doesn't matter any of that because there's only one way, isn't there? There can only be one way. Now, you know, people say, but these are holy men. What about, you know, these holy people, these holy men? Well, Mother Teresa, she was so kind. She was so nice to people. Well, John 3.36, you don't have to turn, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Amen. So not only will they not see life, not only will none of them come to the Father, but the wrath, the anger, the fury of God abideth on them. God who sent his son to die on the cross to pay for, for, for everyone's sins. And people just reject it. People love to believe that they can somehow do something to get to heaven. That it's down to them. It's down to their religion. It's down to their turning from sin. Down to their perseverance. Down to them. It's not down to you. It's down to Jesus Christ. He is the way. Not he is the way with you, with what you do. He is the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. What a great verse, eh? What an amazing verse. There can only be one truth, though, can't there? You can't have multiple truths or they're not the truth. You can't have multiple ways or they're not. There's only one truth in life, isn't there? There's only one truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. And everyone that's put their faith in Jesus Christ knows in their heart that that's the truth, don't they? Okay, and the people that haven't, look, you know, and, and no, you know, I don't know if we do or not here, but look, if, you, if you're wondering, if you're thinking, well, how do you put your faith in Jesus Christ? And talk to, like, talk to someone after the service, come up to myself, someone else, and we'd happily show you how to put your, your faith in Jesus Christ. It's simple, isn't it? It's just taking a gift. Okay, there can only be one truth. 
Verse 7. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Because it's not a good cop, bad cop, is there? It's not that, oh, that mean old, old God the Father, you know, from the Old Testament. Thank God for Jesus Christ coming and just evening it, mellowing him out a little bit. No, because they are one God, aren't yeah. they? Three persons, one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's no difference. Although they are separate persons, they are only one God, okay? Which means they have the same will. They have the same standards. They have the same love for us and they have the same judgment for sin, don't they? Yeah. There's no difference. Jesus Christ didn't come so that we can then get up to all the filth and perversions that the Old Testament condemned, did he? That's not why he came. He came to give us life. He came to save us, but God still has standards to how he wants us to live, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay, and that hasn't changed. Jesus Christ hasn't changed with that. Verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Because Jesus is God manifest in the flesh, isn't he? Okay, 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is a mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, yeah? The oneness guys would then say, see this, see, look, you know, Jesus is God the Father. You know, Jesus is God the Father. But remember in Exodus 33.20, when God was talking to Moses and he, and he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. That's referring to God the Father. These people are talking to Jesus Christ and seeing God the Son's face, aren't they? They're separate people, but they are one God, aren't they? Okay? They're separate persons, but they are one God. Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Because great is a mystery of godliness it is a mystery isn't it and it's often hard for us to put it into words and it can be hard and you could you know it can be hard when you're trying to explain it in your own words but hebrews 1 i would say says it's so much better than we can paraphrase or that we can translate you know god says it now it's a mystery it's hard to always get your head around but it's the truth hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 hebrews 1 1 god who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, have in these last days spoken unto us by his son. He's spoken by his son, yeah? Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high so the express image of his person or an exact representation that's why he is in the father and the father in him yeah one god verse four being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they for unto which of the angels said he at any time thou art my son this day have i begotten thee and again i will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son and again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world he saith and let all the angels of god worship him and of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. 
the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. That's God the Father calling God the Son God. Yeah? A bit hard to speak to each other if they're different forms, isn't it? Yeah, if they're different slice of the pie or something else. It's a bit hard to speak to each other. A bit hard if Jesus is a lesser being, isn't it? A bit hard if Jesus is, is, is just a lesser being being called, oh God. Look, there's a hierarchy, okay? There's clearly a hierarchy in the same way that there's a hierarchy in many areas of life, aren't there? But it doesn't mean that that person's a better person or anything else because of hierarchy. But Jesus is God. It's profound. It's hard to explain, but it's the truth, isn't it? That's the truth of the Bible. Jesus is God in the flesh. Verse 11, he said, back to John, um, back to John there, chapter 14. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Greater works than Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Does he mean more amazing miracles? Sight to the blind? Walking on water? Is that what we're going to be doing? Maybe running on water? Yeah? Maybe raising the dead? Maybe raising three dead at once? That's not what he's talking about, is it? <laughs> greater here is referring to the quantity, isn't it? It's the quantity, a greater or bigger number of works. What are the works? Well, the works with the most eternal value are what? Getting people saved, aren't they? More important than any of the rest of that is getting people saved. Because they're the, that, that's where that, those works last for eternity, don't they? Okay, and they have a, they have such an impression for eternity as well. So why can we do more works in Jesus Christ? Well, verse twelve, he tells us why. He says, "And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father." Jesus' ministry was three and a half years, wasn't it? And there are people here, there are kids here, who are saved already. Who hopefully will go on to to serve God and. You know, that's not a given, by the way. That's not a given, is it? That they're going to be disciples for the rest of their life. We need to make sure as parents that we encourage them and train them up to be disciples. Okay, it's not, oh, well, they've come to a good church. That's it, job done. No, they need to carry on, don't they? And we need to keep encouraging them and, and, and make sure that they want to come as well as they get older as well. But, I mean, even for us here, for many of us here, I mean, you know, I'm starting to feel a bit older, but I hope I've still got quite a few years ahead of me. And if I've got a few years ahead of me, I, I've got a lot of time I can still serve God, can't I? Okay, and that's, that's it. Look, we've got, we've got a long time ahead of us to go out and get people saved. And the soul winning, the key is consistency, isn't it? Okay, the key is making sure that you do what you can do. That Look, I'm not saying, oh, well, I better err on the side of caution only go once a month. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is to make sure that you're going week in, week out. Okay, no matter what. Not to, you know, well, I'm going seven days a week and then suddenly you don't go at all for the next few years, yeah? Just get out there. Get soul winning. Make sure you're doing it and consistently throughout your life. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father because we have the time to do it, don't we? Do that work for God. Verse 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Did he say that whatsoever ye shall ask, that will I do. Did he say that? No. He said, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, didn't he? Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. So, is that as long as we end the prayer in Jesus' name? Is that what he's talking about there? 
just go, well, you know, I'll ask all these things in Jesus' name. So, you know, as long as, you know, I could just, oh, God, you know, I just want the head of my enemy on a charger, you know, in a charger, in Jesus' name, you know, it's just going to be done then. No, but he's saying, he's saying, in my name, basically is another way of saying according to my will, isn't it? Okay, according to the will of him. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. Jesus, give me a Ferrari in Jesus' name. There we go. What's there? I've asked in his name. No, it's talking about his will. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Think about the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. Yeah, that's what we're praying for. But we can ask for things specifically because God's will is to give us good things, isn't it? But they're things which are going to be good for us because a lot of things maybe we pray for, a lot of the time there may be things which wouldn't be good for us. Now turn to Mark chapter 11. Because as well, sometimes people think, yeah, but I asked for this and I'm sure this was God's will. I'm sure this was God's will and, and it's not being answered. <clears throat> well, look at Mark 11. There's another stipulation here. Verse 22, Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this fountain, be, uh, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. So if we're desiring things in Jesus' name according to his will, we're going to desire good things, aren't we? good things which are for good, for the good of us, for the good of others. If we really believe, we really have faith when we pray, we will receive them. Because how many times you pray and in the back of your mind you're thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I don't know if it's really going to work out. Because we do, don't we? Often, sadly, people do pray like that. But, but no, that, you know, we should be praying, praying for his will and praying in faith. Pray in faith. Pray with that belief that he's going to answer your prayer because he will. He's just told us, or do we not believe the word of God? Anyone here not believe the word of God? Anyone just, no, no, I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe the translator's got that bit wrong. You know, yeah, no, well, you've got to go back to the Greek there. No, we've got the, we've got the King James Bible. We've got the word of God, haven't we? And the word of God says here that whatsoever, he said that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. That's the key, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. We can remove the mountains in our life if we have faith in God, yeah? We have faith that it will be answered. But there's also another condition, isn't there? So go over to, um, well, wait, in fact, stay there. Look at verse 25. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So, I would say this obviously applies, especially when we're praying for forgiveness, because we should be praying for forgiveness, shouldn't we? Yeah. Shouldn't everyone here? Because 1 John 1, 9, that Turner says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This isn't for ongoing salvation, is it? 
obviously this is for 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 that walk with god for god to, to not chastise you like we spoke about before your child comes up to you and says i'm really sorry i did something really naughty and comes what's your punishment going to be like i bet it's going to be a lot less than if you have to catch them out isn't it if at all sometimes it's hard when they come up and owned up to a prop to something they've done it's hard to punish them in the same way god's the same way like that isn't he we we should we sh we should confess all our sins is that something we should get in a habit of at night shouldn't we going to bed and praying to god for forgiveness because you know, the more we do that, the more he, he's, he will forgive us, but also the more that then we'll be forgiven because there's no use going to bed at night going, oh God, please forgive me for today. I've just been a jerk. I've done this. I've done that. And in your mind, you're like, that person, you know, that person at church that barely said hello to me or whatever else, you know, or if you're, if you're not forgiving other people, is God going to forgive you? Well, it says here, if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Okay. That's that ongoing walk with God. It's got nothing to do with salvation, unlike what the liars, the, the, the work salvationists will try and tell you. Verse 15, back to, uh, back to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. How many liberal so-called Christians claim to love Jesus? They love that word love, don't they? Oh, I love my Lord and Saviour. Oh, you know, love, love. And we just love everyone. I, we need to be more Christ-like and love everyone because we just love Jesus so much. They claim to love everyone, don't they? But they can't even keep one commandment, can they? Can they? They don't, they don't even attempt to keep any commandments. And again, it's got nothing to do with salvation. But if you love the Lord, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, you legalists, you legalists, you're telling people that they should actually pay attention to what God's written in this thick Bible and not just to the verse about salvation? Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a huge Bible here that will help us to live right. And, and Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you, really if you really want to show people you love the Lord Jesus Christ, keep his commandments. Yeah. Or do your utmost to keep them. And we're going to fail. We're going to fail regularly, aren't we? We're all sinful, yeah? We're all going to fail, but we should be trying our best, shouldn't we? And, and how, how are we going to keep his commandments? Because there are many commandments, aren't there? There are many. We're not just talking about the Ten Commandments here. Everyone loves the Ten Commandments, but there are many commandments. So how do we keep them? Well, we need to know them to keep them, don't we? Yeah? How can you keep commandments that you don't know? You need to know. You need to, know that you need to read the rule book to know what the rules say. Yeah, how you get, you know, you go into some sort of sport that you're competing in, how are you gonna how are you gonna keep the rules you don't even know what the rules are? I was, I was explaining to my son the offside trap the other day, because how's he meant to know if he doesn't know what it is when he's playing playing football? Well, we, we have to learn the rules, don't we? Well, look, you could add there then, if ye love me, learn my commandments. Because if we're not reading the word of God, if we're not reading our Bibles, how are we meant to know what the commandments are? If we don't, if we can't even be bothered to open the Bible more than maybe a couple of minutes a day, if that, if, you, if it's only some, you know, whatever the verse of the day sent to you by your Bible app is, well, I've done a bit of Bible today, you know, I read a verse, oh, I meditated on it for five seconds, well, how are you going to keep his commandments? Because I'll tell you what, that's quite a, that's quite a big book, isn't it? I think it's, uh, you know, best part of 1,200, 1200 chapters there, aren't there? Okay, so... That's a lot of chapters, and there's a lot of words in that Bible. I've seen word counts before. I can't remember what they are. But look, if you want to learn that, you need to read it regularly, don't you? And not just once through. You need to read it through time and time and time again. Because sometimes there are things that just come up that you, you've completely forgotten, aren't there? 
there are things that you, you, you know, you might, you might be reading it a few times a year and you'll still forget things, right? You could be reading it six times a year and still forget things. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Jesus said. I, everyone here loves, loves Jesus because I'll tell you what, he did a lot for us, didn't he? Yeah, a hell of a lot for, for us. Excuse the pun. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The spirit of truth being the Holy Spirit, yeah? The spirit indwells every believer, okay? The spirit indwells us all, doesn't it? Everyone that's put their faith in Jesus Christ is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They didn't have to do a special prayer for the, for the Holy Spirit. They didn't have someone have to pray for them to speak in tongues, okay? No, the second you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone, not Jesus Christ plus a bit of my own works, no, no, Christ alone, then you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. And that's the third part of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. Verse 19, yet a little world, a world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. So, it wasn't just a death and burial, it's also Jesus Christ's resurrection that results in us living, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, if Jesus Christ hadn't been resurrected, he'd still be paying for our sins. And if he's yeah. still paying for our sins, then we're not justified yet, are we? Yeah. Okay, so his resurrection is important here. Um, and it's because he lives that we live also. Now, verse 20, At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. So again, we show our love to Jesus by keeping his commandments, yeah? Okay, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, okay? And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. So if you want God to love you, and this is now a deeper love here, isn't it, than like we said, the God so loved the world love, and the love that he has for his children. But if you want God to really love you, to give you that extra love, keep his commandments, yeah? Mm -hmm. Try your utmost to keep his commandments. Do everything you can to keep his commandments. If you want to really know God, keep his commandments, yeah? How many people, I just want to see Jesus. Oh, if only he had come to me and talked to me in a vision or in a dream or something else. Well, no, if you really want to see him, you want to see him, it's through the word of God, isn't it? Keep his commandments. Keep his commandments. And one of them is read your Bible. Yeah, Learn. Learn about him. This is him telling you all about him as well. Learn about him. Keep his commandments. You want to see him? Keep his commandments. You want to know him? Keep his commandments. And he will manifest himself to you. And you'll understand. You'll get to know him more. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered, said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If you want to be near to God, you want to feel his presence, you want him involved in your life, keep his words. Yeah? It's the same, same theme here, isn't it? Verse after verse. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So that's him being close to you. That's him being there with you. That's, that's feeling that presence of God. And the more you keep his commandments, the more you read the word, the more you, you try and live for God, the more you feel that, don't you? 
Yeah, and look, we all go through different periods. Everyone is, is honest there. It's not just been this upward, just, you know, improvement their whole life, yeah? There are going to be times when you feel further from God. And let's be honest, those times are when you're not reading your Bible so much, isn't it? When you're not living for God, when you're willfully sinning more and more, isn't it? But the more you live for God, the more you feel like he's making that abode. He's living there with you. He's there by your side. Verse 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. So when we're just ignoring commandments, willfully sinning, we're showing that we don't love him. Yeah. And that's something that, that maybe that's another good incentive, isn't it? Another good incentive for trying to live for God. Yeah, it's not for salvation. It's not to keep salvation, obviously. It's, it's, it, it's to, to show that we love him. Show that appreciation. To, to, to be able to have that happy love, to have him make his abode with you. Verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay. So the Holy Ghost will teach us and remind us all the things that God has said. That's what it says, doesn't it? Whom the, the, the Holy Ghost, yeah, the Comforter, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So how does God speak to us? Say again? Through the Holy Ghost, but through the Word of God, isn't it? Yeah. Our King James Bible, that's how God speaks to us, the King James Bible. And the Holy Ghost will then, he will teach us and remind us of scriptures, but, but what's the stipulation here? It's what we've heard or read, isn't it? So if you're not reading your Bible, you're not reading the Word of God, then how's, how's the Holy Ghost here going to bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you? Yeah? Because everything he said unto us is throughout our Bible. So to have that brought to remembrance, and look, how many people can vouch for this when they're out soul winning? When you're out soul winning and, and there's, you're having this, you know, someone maybe there's a bit of a problem, this person, there's something they're stuck on. And then the Holy Ghost just, just a verse comes in your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, no. And that verse, suddenly you're preaching to them. Uh, you, it's a verse you might not even use very much, but you've been reading your Bible recently, haven't you? That verse comes in your head and next thing you know that person's getting saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the Holy Ghost does that, doesn't he? He keep, yeah. brings you remembrance. How many times are you trying to advise someone, trying to counsel someone? be it your kids, someone else, and the Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance a verse, bring to your remembrance a passage of the Bible, bring to your remembrance a story in the Bible. Yeah, it, it, we, we all, I think most people here could say, yeah, I've experienced that, yeah? That's how it works, isn't it? But if we're not reading it, how does that happen? It, can't, it doesn't happen. So then we, we, we basically the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, we're basically disarming the Holy Ghost when we don't read our Bible. And that's why, look, you know, it's no excuse, is it? When you're sitting at home in the evening, you've hardly read any Bible, and instead you're flicking through YouTube videos, you know, just some old junk, or you're, you know, you're just doing, just, just a lot of the time casting wicked things before your eyes, aren't you? Let's be honest. And, and everyone will do it from time to time. I'm not saying it's all YouTube. It might be something else. It might just be trawling through social media. It might be, you know, just something else, maybe shoving on the TV or whatever it is that people will end up doing in their free time. And... You really, you're limiting yourself, though, as well, aren't you? Yeah. Because you're limiting the power that you could get from the Holy Spirit mm. that, that, to be able to, to just help you through. How many times in just difficult decisions in life does the Holy Spirit put something in your head? If you read your Bible, if you're in the Word, if you're regularly in the Word, it's so important, isn't it? Mm. So important. Um, and, what, and like I said, what's the number way that God the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, comforts us? 
through the scriptures. Okay, that's how, how it's done. That's how we're comforted, through the scriptures. So if you're not reading it, how are you going to get comforted as well? So it's a comforter and we want, we want comfort in life, don't we? Yeah, I know some of us men, we think we're pretty tough. You know, we, we can do all right. But I'll tell you what, life, life can be tough, can't it? And we need comfort. We need that comfort. And look, I, I've said it before and I keep saying it. Preaching is different to Bible reading, isn't it? Okay, and look, and, and audio as well with Bible, you know. And preaching is biblical for sure. So don't ever think that I'm trying to say to you don't listen to preaching. Do listen to preaching. Good preaching. Don't just listen to any preaching, okay? Because there's much more bad preaching. There's many more false prophets. Online, obviously, is a big problem right now, isn't it? Because there's just false prophets everywhere. I mean, how often do you put on a good preacher and, and the next suggested video, what is it? Just always some wicked... Say again? John MacArthur's the big one, is it? Some yeah. wicked false prophet. And he's a subtle false prophet, that yeah. one as well. A lot of people have been deceived by him. And there are many, aren't there? Just And, and you know, it doesn't matter how many times you're listening to good sound NIFB preachers and how often does YouTube just want to suggest some heretic false prophet? Every single time. Yeah, and look, but preaching is biblical. Good preaching is biblical. And we should all enjoy listening to preaching, shouldn't we? Okay, I love listening to good preaching. I hope everyone else likes listening to good preaching, yeah? Nothing better is there than listening to good preaching. But, well, there are some things, but there is, it is up there. It's up there. Okay, but, but if we want to have the things that Jesus has said, yeah, brought to our remembrance, yeah, all things whatsoever he has said, yeah, what's the most efficient use of our time to do that? Because, for example, this sermon... This sermon right now, it's a Bible study, okay? So we've got a full chapter we've gone through anyway. And as well as the chapter we, that we've gone through verse by verse, we've probably gone through approximately another chapter, let's say, okay? In Bible verses, turning maybe a few I've quoted here and there. We've turned to a few, few I haven't turned to. Okay, so that's around two chapters of, a, of the Bible in approximately an hour, okay? Two chapters of the Bible in an hour. How, how many chapters of an average chapter are you getting through in your Bible reading in an hour? I would say about 12, yeah, on average, 12 chapters an hour. So, look, and I would say that's probably a fair average for a sermon, and I'm talking about good sermons, because I'm not saying, look, not all sermons have to be literally just full-on Bible, 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 but sadly there, there, there are a lot of sermons which are springboard off one verse, aren't they? And then the guy just starts telling you poetry and talking about, you know, whatever wicked old false prophet who, Spurgeon or someone else, yeah? But... No, okay, so, so two chapters, I would say, in an hour in a sermon. So in comparison, like I said, you could read about 12 chapters, couldn't you? 12 chapters in that time. Now, I'm not saying switch on. I'm not saying, guys, pack up now, get out your Bibles, okay? Give up on it. But what, what I am saying is that by all means, listen to sermons. Enjoy the great preaching out there, the sound preaching, but get the balance right as well. Okay, so if you're just sitting at home and you could be reading your Bible, but instead you're just sticking on sermon, sermon. And, and look, many people have done this, haven't they? Or many people will do this. And sometimes we'll fall back into this. And not, not necessarily falling, but when they'll literally just watch sermons on repeat, 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 you know. And all they're doing is listening to sermons, but they're not really reading the Bible. You know, they're, they're kind of, they might get in a couple of chapters in the morning, you know, and that's about it. Well, well, how's the Holy Spirit going to bring all things to remembrance? Because really, it's not an efficient use of your time, is it? Okay, and, I, and look, audio Bible, I think, is great as well. And, and I would just get the balance, you know? Yeah, listen to good preaching. Make sure it's good preaching. Make sure it's sound preaching. Don't listen to, you know, all these heretics out there and everything else. But at the same time, 
you should be listening and and or and reading your Bible, shouldn't you? Okay. Um, therefore, then what's the Holy Spirit going to do? Bring to your remembrance, because then you're getting you're just flooding your mind with Bible, but you're also listening to good preaching, listening to expanded, listening and enjoying preaching as well, which again is very biblical. Okay, verse twenty-seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, so that's Jesus telling us not to be fearful, isn't it? Okay, that's Jesus telling us not to be afraid. Neither let it be afraid. And look, when you read the Gospels, you can't help but feel that peace coming from Jesus, can you? Wouldn't you say? Like, there just seems to be a peace, of, like, just even when you read, however it's dramatised, whoever reads it, there's just, when you're reading through, there's just a peace that just comes off him. He's not stressing or panicking, is he? He's all like, oh, what are we going to do next? Oh, I just don't know, how am I going to deal with this? God, speak to me, tell me the way, you know? He's not doing that, is he? He's not flying off the handle every five minutes, is he? There is righteous anger with Jesus Christ, yeah? It's not all, you know, peace signs with the fingers, but, but, Look, Jesus, Jesus says just the peace that comes from him. He's always in control, isn't he? He's always in control, even when they're really trying to catch him in his words. He's just in control. But he says that he will give his peace unto us. So we can have that peace, can't we? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And look, I believe that all of this can apply to us as disciples of Jesus Christ, yeah? disciples not not oh well you got saved that's it you automatically can have the peace of jesus no if you you know if you want to follow him you want to be a disciple as well and because look he's saying it's not the world's peace isn't it what's the world's peace usually drug induced isn't it okay that's the world's peace some drug induced peace uh, and and look when when it's drug induced i don't care whether it's whether it's you know uh whether it's legal or illegal drugs there, there comes a reliance on it, doesn't there? Okay, there comes a reliance because, you know, people who go, oh, well, I just can't relax unless I smoke a joint. And a lot of the time they seem to be get, getting more stressed when they're not smoking a joint, aren't they? The people, I just need a, need a drink, you know, to relax me in the evening. Well, funny how they seem to be getting more stressed before they have a drink. Because a lot of the time we then start in our mind and in our body manifesting the need for something, don't we? Because that's what not only sin, but what addiction does, yeah, doesn't it? Okay. Right. And people then they start to, to form that reliance and make the excuse. A lot of people, you know, they're crutch. They're, they're well, I've had an argument. I've had a round. Now I'm off to, you know whatever it is, partaking some drugs, some, some al whether it's alcohol, whatever, some sin a lot of the time. It can be something that's not any of that. And, and what happens with that is they start to find an excuse for that more and more, don't they? They, they manifest that excuse. Suddenly, the rows with the spouse are happening even more because in their mind, the, the answer now is to go out and do whatever it was that they were trying not to do, but really that they really want to do. Okay, and in the end, people make excuses and almost form that argument and that row because the answer is to go and partake in whatever the world's peace is. And, and the world's peace, like I said, alcohol, you know, how peaceful is that? You know, how all this relax with a drink? I don't see many relaxed people drinking. I see a lot of people steaming drunk and going around swinging, swinging haymakers at each other and the rest of it, you know? Like, you know, Me but, but the medication as well and again people become reliant on it and the world's answer is always medication medication isn't it but what about in another world's peace is just turning a blind eye to wickedness isn't it 
So, oh, well, you'll be, you know, just, just let, you know, live and let live and everything else and just turn a blind eye. I don't care if my kids are around the most vile sodomites in the world. Just live and let live. Peace, just do whatever. You know, well, that's not what, that's not what the Bible says, does it? And we'll talk about that in a second because Jesus' Jesus's peace comes, comes from the word of God, doesn't it? And again, this comes back to the word of God, from know, but also from knowing that you're saved. There's a peace from knowing that you're saved, isn't there? Knowing that you're saved. No, you're not going to hell. Nothing can change that. Okay? That God is with you. Knowing that God, God, God is with you in life. That you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. Yeah? That you can, you can get through the trials and tribulations of life. There's a peace from that. From not fearing what man can do unto us. Because we shouldn't fear men, should we? We shouldn't fear people. We shouldn't fear men. But, but with all that in mind, there are those that will take this sort of thing to the extreme and then ignore other scriptures. So there are people that, you know, for example, not being anxious or afraid, which is what Jesus is saying here, doesn't mean that as men we just put our feet up and say, well, God will provide. You know, no matter, don't need to work. And just, just ignore all the, all the obvious scriptures telling us that we should go out and work and provide, etc. Or, or we just, like I said, ignore obvious dangers to our families because we're so spiritual and just trust in the Lord. No, because we have to put it into, into context with the rest of the Bible. When we follow him, and there are many commandments as to how we should look after our family and to wise decisions about going not in the path of the wicked etc so we have to put it all together not just go oh well i'm a christian eh, everything will just work out fine there's a difference isn't there between but there is, there is a difference between healthy concern for yourself your family your friends and being afraid isn't there okay there, there is a difference there a concern because what what we told what's the word that we're told regularly in the bible to do beware aren't we yeah. beware and turn to colossians 2 there are many things we're told to beware of. Philippians 3.2 says, Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Okay, and it's not just talking about old Fido. And just be careful, because <laughs> he's got a bit of a bark in him. That's talking about vile reprobates, isn't it? Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. We're also told to beware of false prophets, aren't we? To beware of the leaven of the Pharisees of the scribes, of covetousness. We're told to beware of these things, aren't we? Not just put your feet up and don't worry, do what you like, God's got it sorted. No, we, we have to also follow what he told us to do. And we're told to beware. Colossians 2.8, you're in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So we can be spoiled as saved Christians, through philosophy, through vain deceit. You know, how many of you, what's that guy, the, the popular one, Jordan, what's his surname? Jordan Peterson, oh, he's just so clever the way he puts things. No, this guy's just spoiling you with a lot of truth to wash down a little bit of poison. <laughs> philosophy and vain deceit. There's deceit there. All these worldly intellectuals, these worldly philosophers, it's just, it's just spoiling you, isn't it? You don't need these people telling you, oh, well, they know things. They're not even saved. Don't even understand the word of God. They don't even have the Holy Spirit in them. Beware of these people. The tradition of men after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. And saved people can do that as well, can't they? Spore you through, through these, these traditions of men, the rudiments of the world. We need to be well. You could say be aware, couldn't you? 
You also say be aware. Okay, be aware, but we don't have to be afraid, do we? You don't have to be afraid. So we should beware, be aware of the dangers to your children. Remember that they're entrusted to you by God. Yeah? Okay, low children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Yeah? The children are entrusted to us. So we should know, like I said before, we should know where they are and what they're doing, shouldn't we? Yeah. Okay? If they're entrusted to us. Remember that foolishness is bound in the heart of, the, of a child. Yeah? Kids, it don't matter how well you think you raise your kids, they just do stupid stuff, don't they? They always do. That's just the way it is. It, obviously, the rod of correction shall drive it far from him, yeah? But, look, we need to beware. We need to, we need to remember, beware, be aware that sodomites target children. They're recruiters. They'll target your children. Okay, so if you're just, you don't even know where your kids are, what they're doing, who's around them, you're not being, being aware, are you? It doesn't mean you're fearful. It doesn't mean you're fearful if you care about these things and you're aware. We should be aware of the sin that does so easily beset us, shouldn't we? We should be aware of the sin, of, the, of those open doors that we have, of those weaknesses we all have. We all have individual weaknesses, don't we? We should be aware of those. We don't have to be afraid, but we should be aware. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Yeah? Be aware of the distractions that stop you living, living for God. Again, you're not, I'm not afraid of distractions, but I need to be aware of them, don't I? I need to be aware of all those things, those things that get in the way and stop me reading my Bible, stop me praying, stop me wanting to go out soul winning, stop me studying my Bible, stop me doing those things. Be aware. So think of those things. What are those distractions? What are those things which distract you? We need to be wise as serpents, don't we? But we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to fear, apart from one exception. What's that one exception? God. Uh, and, all, and all God's people said, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Because the exception is God. We should have a healthy fear of God, shouldn't we? Yeah. Fear God. You don't have to turn there. Psalm 34, 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Fear the Lord, O ye his saints. That's talking to saved people, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We're not fearing hell, are we? No. But we're fearing his chastisement. Yeah. When we should fear his chastisement in life. Because I don't, want to, I don't want to get chastised by God. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. When we fear him, we by default are following his commandments, aren't we? Amen. If you fear him, you're going to be following his commandments. Then there is no want. There's nothing lacking, is there? There shouldn't be anything lacking if we're following his commandments. Then we're not going to be constantly fearful of everyone else and everything else, are we? we fear God, then there is no want. We fear God. We're following his commandments. We're living for God. Then we don't have to fear other people, do we? Yeah. But we should still beware. And that's by fearing God and fearing and knowing that his commandments tell you when you should be aware of things, when you should be wise, when you should avoid things. Yeah. Verse 28. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Okay, so this is something that when I was unsaved, I didn't understand, that Christians rejoice in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It can be confusing when you're unsaved, can't it? Like, well, then, like, rejoicing about this guy dying and, and everything else. But we should rejoice because of the result, shouldn't we? Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. 
Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's the result, isn't it? God the Father quickened us or made us alive by our faith in Jesus Christ, didn't he? Okay, God the Father did that, and we should be rejoicing about that, shouldn't we? Okay, we should rejoice about that. Look at verse, back to verse, John 14, verse 29. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. So our faith is often strengthened by things coming to pass that Jesus said word, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, and it often strengthens your faith because when we see the result of doing things his way, it strengthens your faith, doesn't it? And when you see prayers answered, doesn't it strengthen yeah. your faith? Yeah. yeah, when you pray for things, you see them answered. Prophecy fulfilled. When you see prophecy fulfilled, and we're seeing, looks like we're seeing some prophecy being fulfilled right now, aren't we? And just we're, we're fast going towards a one world government from yeah. what I can see. We're fast going towards what is going to be eventually a mark of the beast, aren't we? And, and look, I'm not saying it's, around, it's, it's next week or next year even or next decade, but, but we can see it forming, can't we? Okay, and doesn't that strengthen your faith? And don't so many things strengthen your faith, yeah? yeah? yeah. And when you see, like, when, when you see us kind of as a church and we see some of the persecution and we see issues coming that the Bible said would come, it strengthens your faith. Yeah. You know, all these things should strengthen your faith. And look, he said, when it has come to pass, you might believe. And, and that, for me, is just that, that extra, that's faith, that, that belief in everything, in the Word of God. Verse 30, hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and have nothing in me. Okay, so the prince of this world, Satan, has no power over Christ. And we spoke about this last week, didn't we? Jesus commanded him last week, told him what thou doest do quickly, didn't he? Okay, there's no like battle, there's no all oh, Satan, you know, who's going to win? No, look, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, yeah? Satan's his monkey, okay? That, that, but, but he has no power over Christ, it says here, but he fulfills a purpose, doesn't he? Some people would say like he's a trash collector, isn't he? Verse 31. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Now, Jesus is giving us an example, isn't he, here? Even though Satan has no real power over him, because he doesn't, he's showing that love still by keeping the Father's commandments, yeah? Okay, so... He says here, but the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do, arise, let us go hence. So he's keeping the Father's commandment, and even though he has to pay the ultimate price, yeah? So he's showing us that still, regardless of what the result of that was, and what the, I mean, beyond anything any of us will ever have to do, and I'm not just talking about dying for, because people do die for, for, for the Lord's sake, but to die and pay for everyone's sins on the cross and in hell is unbelievable, isn't it? But even so, he's giving us, he's showing us there, isn't he, by following, following his commandments. Um, on that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for um, a, a great chapter of the Bible and, um, you know, a chapter which just shows us how important it is to read your word, to to study your word, to live by your word, to follow your commandments. And I pray that everyone here in this church will, will go away this week and, and try harder to do that, to, to, 
to want to to be loved by you with that special love that you had for people like you know Lazarus and Mary and Martha the Apostle John and and that you'll have that love for us because we want to be people that, that that are doing our best to serve you doing our best to follow your commandments and um, but we know that that has nothing to do with salvation uh, that you made it clear that that you know for by grace we save through faith and that not of ourselves it is a gift of God not of works as any man should boast um, and, and look, if there's anyone here that, that's a bit unsure about that, you know, do they know for sure they're going to heaven? Please um, just, just help them to, to want to know that, um, to ask someone, um, to, to show them what the Bible says about that. And uh, regardless, Father, please help us going forward this week to, to show that gift of God to others. Um, uh, as our week goes on, people we, we come across at the soul winning times and help us to all get back here safely next week. And in Jesus' name we pray all of this. Amen. Amen.